you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, February 11th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we are going to finish up our 2021 season report card grade series for the Baltimore Orioles. We've got three players left to address, and we'll get to them all on this podcast. And it's kind of an interesting grouping of guys, but mostly bench bats who all played limited roles in 2021 and who are all fighting for roles in 2022. Those three players, DJ Stewart, Ryan McKenna, and Tyler Nevin. And I will give out grades to all three of those players on today's podcast. No guests to give out grades like we've had in the past, but we'll dive into each of their 2021 seasons and look ahead to what their roles could be or if they'll even have a role for the Orioles in 2022. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast. But before we get there, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first listen of the day. Locked on Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And remember, we're the only O's pod out there bringing you three episodes a week. And usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I was dealing with COVID this week, but still got you the three episodes Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. And uh, am feeling better here on a Thursday afternoon as I record, which is obviously a great sign. Thank you to the vaccine for that as well. But again, if you're liking what you're hearing here on this podcast, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your fellow Orioles fans, tell your coworkers about it, and tell them to like, follow, subscribe to the podcast wherever they listen. And if you are a listener on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you could give us a five-star rating and a review on either of those apps on the Locked On Orioles page, that really helps me out, really helps out the pod as well. So, just want to do, again, thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, we continue the 2021 Orioles Season Report Card Grade Series. And actually, we finish up this series that we started back in October, ran through November, and then almost finished it up, but had two groups of players left. So we returned with yesterday's episode, where we took a look at the seasons of three young left-handed starting pitchers, Bruce Zimmerman, Zach Lowther, and Alexander Wells. That was yesterday's episode with Brendan Mortensen of Orioles Mass and All Access. Make sure to go back and listen to that one as well. But today we finish up with our final group. It is three position players who none of them ever really held a consistent starting role for the Orioles in 2021, but all of them played roles for the O's to varying levels, and all of them really have interesting spots they're trying to get in 2022. It's Ryan McKenna, it's DJ Stewart, it's Tyler Nevin. And we're going to start here with DJ Stewart. And I know this is a name that brings up a lot of feelings at this point for Orioles fans, because it has been an interesting career with the Orioles for Stewart. It's the only team he has played for. The Orioles took him in the first round of the 2015 draft with the number 25 pick overall. The outfielder out of Florida State had a fantastic college career. Came in with that weird swing, was always a pretty highly read prospect with the Orioles, and it took him a little bit, but he got to the big leagues at the end of 2018, played 17 games, and, you know, was okay at the plate and did enough to warrant a look in 2019. But he's never really been able to get 
a consistent look really until 2021. He played in 44 games in 2019, 31 games in 2020 with the Orioles where he was horrendous, couldn't get a hit, then turned into Barry Bonds for two weeks and then couldn't get a hit again. But he at least bought himself some room with a 123 WRC plus in 112 plate appearances in 2020 to get a legitimate chance in 2021 to show what he was worth to a Michael Elias regime that did not draft Stewart in the first round, but got here with him already being on the big league roster. And it's an interesting year for Stewart because he did end up with a positive war. Fangraphs had him at .4 war for the 2021 season. He played in 100 games, his most ever, 318 plate appearances, his most ever, and he hit 12 home runs. The average was 204, but the on-base was 324. The slugging, though, was a career-worst 374 on the season, and his 94 WRC Plus put him just below league average in that kind of all-encompassing hitting category. So it was once again really an up-and-down season for DJ Stewart, who again struck out a lot, 28%, which was down from 2020, but his walk rate was down at just 14%, where it was up at 18% the year before. So the question is... What do the Orioles have in DJ Stewart? And first of all, to be honest with you, I mean, when you look at the numbers, really, Stewart wasn't as bad as the eye test was. So I'll give him a C minus because I was going to give him a D. But when you look at the numbers, you actually have to back off a little bit because he was better than you thought. And 2020 was still pretty good. But at the end of the day, a C minus for DJ Stewart he had a chance to secure some sort of spot as a former first-round pick, and he just did not do it. While Cedric Mullins was breaking out in every which way, Stewart had plenty of chances to play in 2021. Between Austin Hayes' time on the IL, Anthony Santander's time on the IL, even when Santander returned, he had to take days off. He was clearly not 100% for most of the season for the Orioles. There were openings to be had in the outfield, and despite Stewart getting over 300 plate appearances, over 100 games, he just couldn't take advantage. And to hit 204 and to slug only 374, it's probably the end of the run for DJ Stewart. And when you combine that with just horrendous defense, and we know how bad it can get out there for Stewart, whether he's playing left or right field... The time seems to be up, and he is still on the Orioles roster. He is still on the 40-man roster as we head into February here of 2022, and he's going to be on the roster still and be in big league spring training with the Orioles, and they're going to give him a shot to make this roster out of spring training, but I don't know if he will. You know, it's a swing that, yeah, if he gets it right, he can get hot, but It's got issues. It's got swing and miss. He's got a fantastic batter's eye. I'll give him that. He does have a strong throwing arm in the outfield. But other than that, his time seems to be up. I mean, you look at the O's outfield. Unless there are serious injuries, at least on opening day, you've got Hayes, Mullins, Santander holding that down. You look at the DH spot and maybe even first base where you could argue Stewart could learn. Mountcastle and Mancini holding that down. So Stewart has to become a bench player. And maybe he fits more on an old-school NL roster where he's kind of just a a full-time pinch hitter who plays a bit in the outfield. But 
That's not even a spot you have now with Rob Manfred saying that the owners had agreed on Thursday to the universal DH. So the NL officially getting the designated hitter, it looks like. So that's not even really a spot that exists, that bench bat pinch hitter. If you are on the bench, if you are not a top three outfielder on any team in Major League Baseball now, you have to bring other stuff than just some power and some walks. You have to be able to play defense. You usually have to have some speed. The hit tool has to be there in multiple places. You just have to bring more value so that if you are that fourth or fifth outfielder, a defensive replacement and a pinch runner, at least one of those things has to be in your skill set. Neither of those things is in the DJ Stewart skill set. And because obviously Santander, Hayes, Mullins are all better players than him anyway, and you look around the rest of these guys, I mean, I would take Ryan McKenna over him right now. I don't know if I would take Tyler Nevin over him yet, but it's getting close. And then you look at AAA, what we continue to talk about with the Orioles. Kyle Stowers is close. If Robert Newstrom doesn't get picked in the Rule 5 draft, he's getting closer. Yusniel Diaz is still there, and then you have all of the younger outfielders continuing to come up the Orioles system. So even if Stewart does stick on the team this year, this is probably his last go-around at all with the Orioles in 2022. So unless he makes the team and just lights it on fire in April, or somebody gets hurt and he gets a better chance and lights it on fire, this might be the end for DJ Stewart in an Oriole uniform, but C minus my grade for Stewart's season. I mean, it's just getting tough to watch. And when he does connect with a ball, he can hit the ball far. He's got some big time home runs. He hit 12 of them, but the production just has to be better. And you just can't put him in the field at this point either. And at 28 years old, I think we might see a DJ Stewart DFA early in the 2022 season. But coming up next, we'll talk about another younger outfielder who was also at one point a pretty highly rated prospect in the Orioles system, and that is Ryan McKenna. What does his role look like going into this season? What did his play get him in as far as a grade in 2021? And is he at least above Stewart in the depth chart? We'll talk about all that right after this. So we'll give out some more grades to some 2021 Orioles in just a second, but first, this is the time of year that most of us have pretty much given up on any New Year's resolutions, let's be honest. But not this year, because I'm sticking to my resolution to eat a little better, and that's all thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution, because I actually enjoy eating them. And, you know, maybe you like the Built Bars, but have you tried their other products, like the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallows. They're marshmallowy, fluffy, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in delicious flavors as well, like banana cream pie, cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and many more. These are gonna be your new favorite. And they're still the delicious Built Bars with their just 130 calories and 17 grams of protein. And you can get all of it at built.com. So head there, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you can get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So the next player I wanted to give out a grade to for his 2021 season with the Orioles is Ryan McKenna. And what an interesting role McKenna really ended up playing for the Orioles in 2021. 
I mean, you look around and obviously for McKenna, first and foremost, he got to make his major league debut, ended up playing in 90 games for the Orioles and got 197 plate appearances. Now, the offense, not good whatsoever. A 183 batting average, 292 on base, a 266 slugging led to just a 59 WRC+. And despite the defense being pretty good and the base running skills and the speed that he had, he still posted a negative 0.3 war, according to Fangraphs, in those 90 games in 2021. Now, obviously, you know, he did not start 90 games. A good amount of those appearances were pinch running or defensive replacements at the end of games. Uh, He was really utilized when Anthony Santander came back but was not 100% healthy, so McKenna would run for him or go play right field for him for the last two innings of games. He was also used to give Mullins or Hayes some breaks at times in left field and center, but first of all, for McKenna, here's the positives. He can play all three outfield positions to a pretty high level. Came up as a center fielder, which is good. He is still a true center fielder, and you can easily trust him in left or right field. The other thing is he's got some good speed. Not elite speed, but he's got good speed. He is a solid base runner. And listen, you know, you maybe could honestly call it elite speed. I mean, StatCast has him in the 95th percentile in the big leagues in terms of sprint speed. He can run, he can run the bases. He has all the makings of that perfect, you know, whether you call it now a fourth outfielder or it's even kind of transitioned into a fifth outfielder position with now the 26 roster spots on a major league team. He's good in that part of the role. But you turn to the bat. And for Ryan McKenna, that was the issue. Again, the 59 WRC+. But he's one of these guys where the minor league stats offensively have been really good. Just take a look at what he did in AAA. Now, he spent more time on the big league roster than the AAA roster last year. He played only 27 AAA games. He had 123 plate appearances, though, which is only, you know, right about 64 less plate appearances than he had at the big league level. And what he did in AAA was absolutely mash the baseball. In those 123 AAA plate appearances, he hit 11 home runs. He hit 307 with a 423 on base, slugged 683. He had a 187 WRC plus in AAA. He had a really good walk rate of 17.1%. Strikeout rate of 27% wasn't great, but it was, you know, okay. The ISO power numbers were fantastic. He was dominant in AAA as a hitter. And that was also, you got to remember, his first taste of AAA. He spent the entirety of 2019 in AA Bowie. So he got the AAA this year and then got to the big leagues and obviously went back and forth a little bit, but he mashed in AAA. Now, he wasn't amazing in 2019 in AA, but he was an above average hitter that year with the Bowie Bay Sox. And when you go back to some of his years, like in high A in 2018, when he absolutely just mashed in in 67 games. I mean, that is where he became a highly rated prospect. At age 21 in 2018, he played 67 games the first half of the season in high A Frederick. In 300 plate appearances, he hit 377 with a 192 WRC plus and eight home runs. And then they moved him up to Bowie for the second half of 2018. I mean, he was dominant. So we know he has a hit tool, but the question is, can it play at all? at the major league level, because it really did not, you know, the numbers were frankly just bad in the major leagues in those 197 plate appearances 
in 2021. So when you put that all together for Ryan McKenna, I'm just going to give him a C for the season. He did what he needed to do defensively as base runner, although he only did steal one base, which is a little concerning. He stole 25 bases at double-A Bowie in 2019. But the offense didn't it didn't even need to be in a major league average. But he needed to show more than a 183 batting average, a 266 slugging, and the two home runs. And here's the other issue. The strikeout rate was heavily concerning. He had a 38% strikeout rate in the big leagues last season. So not only was he not really producing when he was making contact, he wasn't even making enough contact where you say, okay, you know, he's putting the ball in play. He's using his speed to at least get on base. No, no, no. He's not really putting the ball in play at all. And here's the thing. He did have a 312 BABIP. That is batting average on balls in play. So when he put the ball in play, he was over a 300 hitter in 2021. When you look at the 183 batting average, you realize how much the strikeouts killed him last season. So I don't know if Ryan McKenna is ever going to be an everyday outfielder, especially not with the Orioles, with you know the guys that play you know a little bit like him, like Mullins and Hayes, completely blocking him from those spots. What he can be is that good fourth or fifth outfielder. I think, no question, he makes the Orioles team out of spring training as that reserve outfielder, pinch runner, defensive replacement kind of guy on the roster. But what he's going to need to do is at least get the strikeout rate down. I'll take, you know, I'll take the walk rate at 12% what it was. I like the batter's eye at, you know, that level for McKenna. But he cannot strike out at a 38% rate. That cannot happen. If he can get that number at least somewhere down in the low 20s, maybe, at least. Because when he's putting the ball in play, he's having more success. And at the very least, the Orioles need that from him to just put the ball in play a little bit more, be closer to a league average hitter, and with the speed and the defense, he becomes a valuable major leaguer. But that's going to be up to McKenna. And again, you know, it was less than 200 plate appearances in his first year in the big leagues. He's got plenty of time to grow at this point. You know, he is still 24 years old. He will actually turn 25 on Monday, so a little early happy birthday to Ryan McKenna. But at some point, he's got to take that next step offensively in the big leagues, and he's going to get he's going to get chances despite the fact that he's blocked by guys like you know Hayes Mullins and Santander. He's going to be on the big league roster. He's going to get his chances to do that. I don't think it's going to be a scenario where the Orioles keep him in AAA to get him more at-bats. I think they want him on this big league roster, and he's going to get spots to play. Mullins is going to get days off. Santander is going to get days off. Hayes will get days off. Heck, Mancini and Mountcastle will get days off. One of those outfielders with DH and McKenna will get a chance to play the outfield there as well. He's going to get at-bats at the end of games at times. He just needs to show a little bit more offensively. And then we can really start to value out because, you know, he's been crossed over for having any chance of being a starting center fielder for the Orioles. But can he be a long-term fourth or fifth outfielder? I think that can still happen. I like the athleticism. I like the build of Ryan McKenna. I think he can still grow into a better hitter. And he's shown what he can do at least at AAA last year. If that can in any way translate to the major leagues, I don't think it's time to just say, oh, Ryan McKenna's a, you know, a fill-in player for now and he'll be gone. If he can channel some of that offense with the rest of the tools he has, 
I really think there's a chance for him. There's a reason that Fangraphs had Ryan McKenna ranked as a top 10 Orioles prospect this time last year. Now, obviously, he's no longer on the list because he has graduated from prospect status. But there's a reason that Fangraphs was so much higher on McKenna than any other place. The tools are there. If the hitting and the bat comes around, I still have some faith in Ryan McKenna, and I think he can make a difference if that bat gets better in 2022. We've got one more player to talk about. That's the guy out of these three who we saw the least of in 2021. And it's Tyler Nevin, a guy who's being blocked at a lot of positions this year. And the question is, can he break through it all? And will he ever be a contributor for the Orioles? We'll talk about that right after this. So we're going to give out one more grade to an Orioles player for 2021 on this episode when we return. But first, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football finishes up the playoff season with the big game coming up on Sunday. It is the big one on Sunday evening. Of course, it's the Rams and the Bengals, Stafford and Burrow. And you can wager on it all at betonline.net, which remains the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just about football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games as well. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season at BetOnline, where the game starts. So our final player for today and our final player of this entire series of Orioles 2021 season report card grades is Tyler Nevin, who granted we did not see a whole lot of in 2021 once he finally did make his major league debut with the Orioles. And Nevin, of course, the son of former big leaguer Phil Nevin, who has been a coach in the major leagues for a while now after a long playing career. And Tyler, who came over to the Orioles in the Michael Givens trade at the deadline in 2020. The O's sent Givens over to Colorado and basically completely fleeced the Rockies. They ended up with Tyler Nevin, Taryn Vavra, and Michelle Desson, all of whom most places are top 30 prospects for the Orioles, and at the very least are all you know top 45 prospects for the Orioles as well. But Nevin ended up going right to AAA with the O's in 2021, which is where Mike Elias said he would be immediately after the trade. He said he would be the Norfolk Tides' first baseman in 2021. And the Norfolk stats were, were, were pretty okay for Tyler Nevin. They were not what we wanted them to be. He played 111 games with the Tides in 2021, 453 plate appearances. I mean, let's be honest, he spent most of the year with Norfolk. And he did hit 16 home runs, but the walk rate of 9.3% was not what we saw in Colorado in Double A in 2019, where he was known as you know more of a, a patient hitter. The strikeout rate of 20.1% was the highest of his minor league career. And the 227 batting average, lowest of his career, 305 on base, lowest of his career, and an 86 WRC plus was the number he put up as well. And even the 392 slugging was the second lowest of his minor league career. So all those numbers, you know, didn't exactly scream this guy deserves a major league promotion. But the Orioles had a situation earlier in the season 
where they basically needed somebody to come play first base. They were without Mancini and Mountcastle because of injuries. And so in late May, they called up Nevin for two games in that series in Chicago against the White Sox, May 29th and 30th. Nevin was called up and, hey, he did well. He got a double in his first game for his first Major League hit. Also drew a walk in that game. Did go over 3 with a strikeout in the second game, but did his job, played a nice first base, and got on base twice. Then he was sent back down to AAA and did not return until September 30th when the Orioles called him back up for basically the final week of the season. He played in four games, uh, one against Boston, and then he played in all three games in that season-ending series in Toronto the first three days of October. And again, you know, very small sample size, but he had a one for three in the game against Boston, his first game back, had a huge, huge two RBI single in that game, also drew a walk, really helping the Orioles win that game against Boston. And then the series in Toronto, he has a double and a walk in the first game and then gets the start on the final day of the season. And sure enough, hits a towering solo home run to left field for his first career homer, also drew a walk in that game as well. And you look at it at the end of the day for Nevin, and yeah, it wasn't a big sample size, but, you know, he was four for 14, two doubles, a homer. You know, he drew four walks, struck out five times. The the batter's eye seemed to be there when he got to the major league level. But, you know, he only had 18 major league plate appearances. And you're trying to look around and see, well, what do we really know about Nevin? We got to see him play some first base, and we got to see him play in left field a little bit as well. He's a fairly versatile defender where he can play right field, left field, first base, and he can play third base if you need him as well, which really helps out. He's still only 24 years old, uh, was the 38th overall pick by the Rockies in the 2015 draft. But for me, you know, in terms of grade, it's hard because it was 18 plate appearances, but I guess he gets a B because... He hit well and he played defense well. He made all the plays that came to him in those, you know, six games, basically, that he appeared in with the Orioles. But the real question for Tyler Nevin becomes, what is his path forward with the O's? Because we don't have, you know, a lot on him right now to know what exactly makes him good. It's mostly minor league numbers. And the other thing to look at is, well, what is next for Nevin? Because you look at the positions he plays, and, you know, he does play third base, but it's not at a major league level. He's kind of gone away from that. I don't know if the Orioles are ready to put him over at third. So you're basically looking at a first base corner outfield type. First base, left field, right field. Well, you look in the big leagues. Hayes, Santander, Mullins in the outfield. You've got the two guys we've already talked about today in McKenna and Stewart fighting for outfield positions. And you've got the Stowers and the Newstroms the Diaz's and, and, you know, guys more than that fighting for outfield spots. The outfield is the most blocked position in the majors for the Orioles. But you could argue one other position that is blocked more so, and that's first base, which, of course, has Trey Mancini and Ryan Mountcastle in the big leagues. Remember, we had Orioles minor leaguer J.C. Escara on this podcast a few weeks ago who plays first base, played a lot of first base in Norfolk this season, along with Tyler Nevin. And he talked about how, yeah, you know, it's a little bit in his mind that, you know, Mount Castle and Mancini are both on the big league level, making it a little harder to get to that first base position in the majors. And it poses the same kind of challenge to a guy like Tyler Nevin. So the question really is, how much 
does he need to hit to get on the big league roster? Because the versatility is good, but the positions he plays are not the ones the Orioles need right now. Now, if he could really work on third base, it's a different story. And if the O's think there's any semblance of hope for him at third base still, I think you would just try to get him as many reps as at third as possible because that would be his essentially way into the big leagues in a more consistent role in 2022 for Nevin. So I like his approach at the plate. He's got a good swing. He showed power with the 16 homers. The strikeouts were up, but even though the walks were down, he still got a good batter's eye. He showed that at the big leagues. He showed he can confidently play first and left field as well. And he has a quiet confidence about him. I think it helps being the son of a, of a major leaguer and a major league coach as well. And he showed up in big moments late in the season. And when he got his opportunity, see, here's the difference between Nevin and guys like McKenna and Stewart. Now, I know McKenna and Stewart, way bigger sample sizes. And maybe McKenna is a better comparison because Stewart's been in the big since 2018. But McKenna got, you know, almost 200 plate appearances. Nevin got 18. So there's a little bit of a difference. But for McKenna, there was never even a time or a stretch. And I know he did hit two homers and had a couple big hits, but there was never really a stretch for Ryan McKenna where you felt like, oh, you know, McKenna's hot at the plate right now. He's at least taking advantage of this opportunity. Nevin did it in limited plate appearances. You know, he gets the double in his first game and then he gets sent down and comes up, you know, three months later. And all he does is get a big hit against the Red Sox in a key game in the wild card race. You know, gets a couple hits against Toronto, hits the towering home run in the final game of the season. I like that he took advantage of that. And again, it's a super small sample size, so you can't take too much out of it. But I like what Nevin did. And I just think there's going to be a huge battle when he gets into spring training. And I don't know what his path is to the big leagues. And frankly, I think he's starting the season on the AAA roster. I don't know whether he'll be playing the outfield or first base. But I think he's going to start the year as a Norfolk tie just because there's guys ahead of him like Stewart and McKenna and others that the Orioles want to get a look at. But if Nevin's in AAA for too long, he might get passed by Stowers and Newstrom and other guys like that. So it's a it's a huge yo-yo right now that Tyler Nevin is in. And he was ranked by Eric Longenhagen at Fangraphs earlier this week when he put out the Orioles' top 45 prospect list. He had Nevin at number 41 on the list. And he expects him to play in the big leagues at some point in 2022, as do I. The Orioles are going to find space to get him into the bigs. But I really think, you know, this is a really interesting sentence. Here's from Longenhagen's report. Quote, Nevin's feel to hit is still good. His swing is balanced and deft. He makes contact all over the zone. He's especially adept at opening his hips and ambushing pitches on the middle third. This is all great stuff for him. But here's how he ends it. He's a candidate for eventual transition to a foreign pro league, basically meaning he's a guy who might end up in just as a 4A player who is good in AAA but never quite gets that role in the big leagues. Maybe he just goes and stars in Japan or Korea. I could potentially see that happening. Now, I don't want to say that now because he's 24 and still hasn't gotten his major league shot, but I will say I like Nevin's skill set. There's just such... Nobody in the system right now has a tougher path to the big leagues, I think, than Tyler Nevin. It's a really tough spot for him. But let me tell you, if he shows out in AAA, they're going to make a spot for him if he really shows that he can do it. I still think he has a chance to do that. 
for the Orioles. But there it is. 2021 Orioles season report card grade series is finished. Hope you enjoyed the series dating all the way back to October to catch uh, some of those episodes talking about all the Orioles who played in the big leagues this year with the O's and are still in the organization. We gave out grades to every single one of them during this series. And we thank you so much for listening and supporting. That'll also do it for this week here on the podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with another Mailbag Monday episode of the pod. If you have questions, you can tweet them to us at Locked on Orioles or at Connor Newcomb underscore DM either account as well. You can email us your questions at LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com, or you can also leave a question in the review section on the Locked on Orioles Apple podcast page. If you leave a rating and a review, you can leave your question in there, and we'll get to them on a future Mailbag Monday episode. But again, we will return on Monday after the Super Bowl. Hope you enjoy that, and we'll have a Mailbag Monday for you. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.